ਪੈਂਦਾ I don't feel useless. That song doesn't apply either. It's funny, the last one I played <laughs> didn't apply. No, I'm feeling very useful. I'm uh, partly because I've just spent a long time putting together many of the uh, written articles for the Dixon Jean zine, which I keep talking about because that's what's on my mind. Uh, and it was fun. I, I really do enjoy the layout. There's something... It's like when I do the podcast, you know, when I put, splice the clips together and I'm moving it that fraction, just a little bit here before the bell comes in or whatever. And it's just, it's, it's a visual, but it's a thing to perfection. It's when I, when I fill my cereal bowl and I always mix at least three different kinds of cereal, it's that exact moment when to stop pouring. Okay, I know, I know, I know, I can, I can see it, I can visualize it's coming out of the corner of that plastic bag and it's right there, stop! And I just know that's the exact right spot. Like, hey, and I mean, it's silly, it, it, it's, but it's a thing. It's my brain is just wired that way, okay, you know, and, and there's a, but there's, there's such satisfaction with it. It's like when you're putting something in the microwave. It's always it's a different number you're punching in every time. Is this going to be 15 or 14? Like, what's the right one? Oh, it's all, and bam, you do it. Sometimes it's 18. You know, and we're talking, not minutes here, seconds, folks. How hot do you want that coffee? You know, how hot, how warm was it when you put it in? And your brain is processing all this. And, and But it's it's like a game, but... It's real to me, and it keeps me happy. And a happy dude I am. Thank you very much. So, yeah, uh, not feeling useless. Putting together the zine, already up to 16 pages. I have to end in numbers of four, so you can have, like, double-sided, double-width, or, you know, the largest, whatever. So it it works out right. So it's going to be either 12, 16, 20, 24 pages uh, I have, I, I extended the uh, deadline again to this Sunday. If you're hearing this podcast, sorry, it's too late. Um, I mean, I, I have to be fair, but I did, I send out a lot of emails giving one more chance to people and, um, I got a lot of feedback. Okay. 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 Yeah, I'll do it. And I think they will come in, you know? And, uh, so that was worthwhile. Now, all of this stems from, and forgive me, by the way, this is Dixon Jane's podcast number 800 and, uh, is it 39? I think so. Yeah, I don't think we're 840 yet. Um, and it is Tuesday, April the 13th, 2021. It's overclassed, and of course, I am sitting in the road track. You can hear by the bell. And we have our friend right here. Would you like to say hello? Okay, so... We- no, we'll, we'll, we'll do that later, okay? Uh, chicken is with us, of course. So uh, we're all good. We're all good. Now, I could have been in the basement. And the reason I'm here, and all of this ties together. Like, everything I'm saying is just, it's all, it's solid. <laughs> in, in my mushy mind. 
Um, I was looking for R.D. Lang's book called Knots. Um, I got in a conversation with a good friend, Chris Green, in Tokyo, or the suburbs of Tokyo. I'm not sure exactly where he is now. He and his wife and two children, two young boys. And uh, a wonderful exchange. Chris is somebody who was a very early um, joiner to the Dixon Jane zine uh, back in the days, back in Japan. I think the first person who became part of it before I had actually met in real life. And then, of course, we went on to meet, and uh, he's visited us here in our home in uh, um, Toronto, Scarborough. I visited him in Japan since moving out. So, uh, you know, and he knows my wife and kids. And so we're, we're, we're tight friends, but there's long, long gaps. He is one of those very, very unique individuals I treasure, um, as a friend, because I, I have I have a lot of normal friends, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but I have a lot of abnormal friends. I have a lot of unique individuals. Let's put it that way. Abnormal is not a very nice term. Well, let's call them unique. Uh, with some depth, uh, generally intelligent, not in all cases. Uh, no, I wasn't referring specifically to... That guy in Windsor, Shane. Um, now, now, how did I get sidetracked there? I'm sorry. It happens sometimes, Windsor. I miss, uh, I miss Windsor, and I miss my friends, Shane and Tom, and um, the the lives they've built for themselves. And I guess. The fun of watching people's lives develop. I, I've mentioned that before. I know, I know, I know. I'm on a tangent, and I, I could cut all this out, and we'll get back to Chris in Japan. One of the last meetings with him was uh, at a, a favorite bar of his, um, under a railroad tracks, a place that looked like a fire hazard, something you could imagine back in, you know, the before the First World War, like built of wood. Sure, you know, when... when something happens or world war ii when the bombs start dropping this thing is going up in a flash um and what did he do he set off fireworks inside of that's right the owner the manager the host hostess slash you know um because it wasn't uh, uh, a most unusual character who's delighted to have us the only two customers sitting at the bar and he would pop down behind the bar and come up as maybe a, a slightly different person in a different costume or a hat or what. <laughs> when I think of it, it's the kind of thing you you treasure about Japan. When you when you get into Japan and you're you past all the flash and the shiny buildings and the neat luxury goods and cameras and and the you know maze of subways and underground tunnels and everything else and you just dig a little deeper and somebody invites you to a like a members club kind of place which is what Chris took me to that night I, the, the final scene was us walking down the street and him running out of the bar bending over and and bearing his ass to us uh, it was classic it was like out of a, out of a, a poem or uh, <laughs> the end of a short story I don't know uh, but it was the most incredible scene of the whole evening in that bar. And really, letting off fire like a bam, bouncing off the walls, it, it was dangerous. 
but pure entertainment, just like an evening of being alive, a one, a night of oneness, because it was just, this is the experience the three of us are having in this bar now tonight. Uh, similar to the evenings at Takemi's in Yokohama, which I'm reading about with great joy that keeps coming up in letters, telling my parents, my, telling my father about Eric, because I always thought it would be neat if, if I could be sitting in the bar, Eric's last stand, uh, and Eric's, of course, my parents never made it to Japan, and uh, Eric passed away. Uh, but I, at least I had the joy of telling my father about Eric, and I would drink a bottle of schnapps a night and get dangerous by the end of the evening. You, you know, it was probably a good time to leave uh, a wild man. And uh, Takemes, who just set the, again, the special places you have to, it's like you need a special pass to get in. And, of course, I had mine through Jimmy. Um, yeah, I digress again, but it's, my head is so full of treasured memories. So, I've been in touch with the person who's going to interview me again for the uh, project, the poem that she and others are creating for certain members of West Hill United. I still don't know the end result. She said, oh, you'll be there. It'll be live, you know. And I still don't know. And she said, has the photographer contacted you yet or taken your picture? And I, what photographer? I don't know. I got plenty of selfies you can use. Um, but we're meeting again tomorrow, but online just for safety. She lives with older people. I, we've all got to be careful. It's stay-at-home orders in Ontario. So we will have a, a Skype or Zoom call for a follow-up. And she mentioned, I have to ask you about poetry. So I guess that was it. And no, it was the letter to Chris. Okay, time, time, keeping the threads together here. They're, they're all, it's all part of one except for that little Windsor sidetrack. Um, in the letter, I wrote back to Chris in Japan uh, I mentioned R.D. Lang. I talked about reincarnation. Yeah, that was it. And I, I, we talked about God, and I talked about reincarnation. Talked about these are the kind of things when you have a special friend, you can engage in these conversations, even though you haven't I haven't heard from him for months and months. It might go years between replies, but this time we had a little back and forth, and and I mentioned my belief still, although it doesn't make any sense, that there's a part of that evolution goes on with us and that I'm, I'm grateful that I'm in a very happy place these days in spite of, or probably because of the problems I have with my, my legs and my balance. I think this has actually served uh, in a good sense to remind me of, well, what are your blessings? What are you happy for? What are you grateful for? Uh, and there's a lot as you've been hearing, but I mentioned this business about, if something is not solved in this lifetime, lifetime, there's a sense of having to come back and redo it or start over or, or continue where you left off in another life form that you have no connection. You have no way of knowing. Now, people talk about hypnotists or going back, revisiting past lives. I don't buy any of that. I don't believe any of that. But I do believe, and I was trying to say that maybe it's humanity as a whole is evolving and is still all of us individually 
and maybe collectively are trying to untie our own knots and become a better person. Be, be, wake up to the wonder of life and get beyond the state of war and hatred and fear and anxiety and terror. Actually evolve to a higher place. The way the Buddhists think and they talk about, well, we're still in our teenage years and we're, we're you know, we're still a young men and young men fight and have to find out who am I and am I stronger than that one or weaker and so on. So this led me to Knots by R.D. Lang and it's a book about just little, simple little poems and some say maybe plays uh, it was published 1971, 50, er, yeah, 71, I believe, or 72, 50 years ago. And it's a treasured book. I, I have mine. I can picture it. It's a very thin volume, black cover. I think I bought it at Classics Books uh, uh, on uh, St. Catherine in Montreal when I was in university. And I guess the conclusion is I've given it away because I, I, I have looked for it before. And I thought it was such a special book. There's probably somebody somewhere I found who I thought, you need to read this book. Now, I guess I should just go and buy a, a second copy. In fact, I'll, I'll contact my friend. There's a job for me. Contact my friend uh, at the Great Escape Bookshops and say, do you have a copy of Artie Lang's Knots? And she'll probably find one. Uh, anyway, moving on. I searched in the basement. So then I thought, all right. If it's in the basement, I'll stay in the basement and I'll record from there. If it's not there, it might be in the RV because I have a, a small library in the RV. Mostly it's Zen, books on Zen, but there's some Kerouac, there's some Henry Miller, there's some some bigger books. There's, 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 it's a nice little, very small library, but fitting for travels in an, in an RV. And I found instead, started off in the basement. Okay, so I went down to the basement, looked for Artie Lang, uh, did not find it, but came up with a book because I had all my books in a poetry section. I actually have the library organized right beside the Henry Miller Library. There is a poetry section. And I found a book called Listen, Songs and Poems of Canada, edited by Homer Hogan. And it's wonderful. It's from 1970. And there's a great color picture of uh, Joni Mitchell... Um, I guess the band, I can't identify the others, but Canadian poets and songwriters. And it's a great little collection. Well, Leonard Cohen is in there. No, his picture's not shown. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's wonderful. He was an associate professor of English literature at Guelph. I should Google Homer Hogan and see what happened to him. Uh, but just some gems in here and the lyrics too. You know, Big Yellow Taxi, but lots of others, too. Uh, what are, oh, here we are. The Collected Works of Billy the Kid. That's well, from that. One called The Execution, which really stomped me. Stopped me. Didn't stomp me. It stopped me. Uh, and I wonder, can I read it out to you now? I know I'm not supposed to. And I've got more to talk about, but I was going to put it in the um, in the zine. On the night, it's called The Execution, by Alden Nolan. On the night of the execution, a man at the door mistook me for the coroner. Press, I said, but he didn't understand. He led me into the wrong room where the sheriff greeted me. You're late, Padre. You're wrong, I told him. I'm Press. Yes, of course, Reverend Press. 
We went down a stairway. Ah, Mr. Ellis, said the deputy. Press, I shouted. But he showed me through a black curtain. The lights were so bright I couldn't see the faces of the men sitting opposite. But, thank God, I thought, they can see me. Look, I cried, look at my face. Doesn't anybody know me? Then a hood covered my head. Don't make it harder for us, the hangman whispered. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, can I put that in, in an edition whose theme is hope? Because maybe he was hanging on to hope the whole way, right up until, right up until the end. Uh, another book called Modern Poems, an Anthology of Students of English, which I've had, I think, since maybe post-high school. And it's one, and it's one where back in my university days, I actually hand-copied out. And I have little notebooks of poems in a, a big, um, my grandmother's old suitcase, little travel suitcase, with all my diaries and journals. Not letters here, folks. Diaries and journals. Oh, yeah. They will never make a book, believe me. Um, but wonderful, wonderful collection. And at least three, four, I copied by hand and, um, put into these notebooks and I'd carry them around with me and reread them. Um, here's one by Robert Frost and this is just random. I, I've, it's not one I copied out. It's called a time to talk. When a friend calls to me from the road and slows his horse to a meaning walk, I don't stand still and look around on all the hills I haven't hoed and shout from where I am, What is it? No, not as there is a time to talk. I thrust my hoe into the mellow ground, blade end up, I'm five feet tall, and plod. I go to the stone wall for a friendly visit. Now, that's good, too. That is very good, too. Now, there's one more. One more, and this is from Notes to Myself by Hugh Prather. And this is the one that is the perfect substitute for knots. And I guess that's why it was in um, my um, the Road Trek library. Uh, I see, I opened it up, and sometimes you want to look at what are the bookmarks? What are, what are they from? But in this book, I see an application form from April 11th, uh, 2013, so exactly eight years ago, uh, from continuing education at Centennial College for the two courses I registered for and took eight years ago. My God, what happened? The counseling process and individual counseling for the spring semester. Um, I'm glad I took those. I see I paid for it by Amex, so I guess it was a company treat. Um and never really got to counsel anyone, but it was enough in itself to take that counseling course and earn the certificate and challenge my brain and write the papers, and I did very well at it. And yes, it was my second or third post-grad certificate. I had a, a C-TESL, and then, uh, of course, oh yeah, and then my... Um, mediator program from York, certified, and then this counseling certificate. But anyway, 
that just happened to be there. Uh, the bookmark is from New Outlook Psychology Today subscription form for the next 12 months, only $6. $2 additional outside USA and Canada. $6 for, so you can imagine that's pretty, an old bookmark. Now, this one by Hugh Prather was written in 1970. Um, oh, and uh, from Real People Press, interesting. Uh, I'm just going to read what else is in the catalog with it, what other, what they're advertising. Person to Person by Carl Rogers and Barry Stevens, which I have in my basement bar. Gestalt Therapy verba- Verbatim by Frank per- Frederick Pearls. I know that man. In and Out of the Garbage Pail, also by Frederick Pearls. Uh, Don't Push the River by Barry Stevens. Yes, first person account of the author's use of gestalt therapy and the ways of Zen, Krishnamurti, and the American Indian to deepen and expand personal experience and work through difficulties. God, we have to turn ourselves upside down and reverse our approach to life. Um, The autobiographical episode shows the author doing this uh, doing this during a three-month period in association with Fritch Pearls at the Gestalt Institute of Canada in 1969. Awareness by John Stevens. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Such books 50 years ago when people were trying to get their heads together, you know? Yeah, interesting. And, of course, that just takes me back to Carl Rogers and so on. But here we go. I'm going to read to you um, the one that I had the bookmark in place for. Are we still with me? Yes. Um, there are no titles to them, just pages like poetry, like a little paragraph, that's all. Why this need to divide up, classify, and neatly package every new acquaintance? For me to try to classify something so complex as an individual human being merely demonstrates my own shallowness. A judgment of another person is an abstraction that adds qualities that are not there and leaves out what is unique about him. If I classify someone, I turn him into a thing. The only way for me to contact this other person is to experience him, not think about him. Now, that is wonderful. The hymn stands out, doesn't it? Like, it's right away. I guess in these days, you know, I'm I'm wanting to say him, her. Like, why is it him? Why not them? It's interesting. I like that that would jump out at me on the reading. Uh, Now, the preceding one I'm going to uh, read also on the uh, page before. I always seem to be feeling either superior or inferior, one up or one down, better off or worse off than everyone else. The superior moments are elating, but the rare and blessed moments are when I feel equal. There's no such thing as best in a world of individuals. Blessed moments are when I feel equal. Now, boys and girls, this one just resonates with me because I do this all the time. I can't stop it. It's just continually, where do I fit in in this measurement that we make up? It, it's, it's pre-programmed. It's hardwired, maybe. 
but you'd like to be rid of it. Like, why am I, why do I have to say, am I, am I dumber or smarter? Am I, and I'm more aware or less aware? Am I a better person or a worse person? Is he holier or am I holier? And, and this, this craziness that you know is wrong. And that's why the other one that followed, you know, why this need to divide, to classify and neatly package people. So I'm going to end there. I, I just feel delighted that I found these treasures. And and I, I think the thing that thrills me about life is the the intangibles, the threads that connect everything. But you never know where they're leading or where they came from. But the fact that I received from this person last night a message, I'll have to ask about poetry or something like that, that maybe was the reason, although I don't, I didn't think they were connected because that was an email. And then later on the email from Chris, when I, when I didn't even realize till that he had replied again and I wrote back to him this morning about R.D. Lang and so I guess that resonated because that's what I was thinking of as poetry, which was mentioned the night before. And that's why I went in search of it and instead found these other gems and then posted today, just now, on Facebook, hoping some of you out there like it because I need that feedback. I need the likes. I need the likes. I need the likes. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> All right, boys and girls, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I've, uh, I, I am now actually going to go and read a little more of these things. Chicken, do you have any last words? <coughs> Did you enjoy that? Was that worthwhile? Is everything worthwhile? <coughs> okay, I think that is an affirmative. Boys and girls, Scarborough Dude on um, this new podcast that isn't out yet because we're still working on it. Bye for now. George's Hill A ragged band they called The diggers came to show the people's will They defied the landlords They defied the laws They were the dispossessed Reclaiming what was theirs We come in peace They said to dig and sow We come to work the lands in common And to make the waste grounds grow This earth divided We will make whole so it will be a common treasury for all The sin of property we do disdain No man has any right to buy and sell the earth for private gain By theft and murder they took the land Now everywhere the walls spring up at their command They make the laws to chain us well the clergy dazzle us with heaven or they damn us into hell We will not worship the God they serve The God of greed who feeds the rich while poor men starve We work, we eat together 
we need no swords We will not bow to the masters or pay rent To the lords we are free men Though we are poor You dig us all, stand up for glory Stand up now Men of property, the orders came They sent the hired men and troopers to wipe out the diggers' claim Tear down their cottages, destroy their corn They were dispersed but still the vision lingers on You poor take courage, you rich take care This earth was made a common treasury for everyone to share All things in common, all people one We come in peace, the orders came to cut them down. Sorry, uh, no chicken today. I'm in the uh, Toyota at Thompson Park. Um, Just back from uh, stopping at the bank where I paid my income tax for 2020 back to the feds, money they gave me in the fall for CERB. Uh, a good chunk of that I had to give back, but that's that's fine. That's fair. Um, a productive day. It feels that way, and it, it's kind of a good feeling. Oh, I can check things off the list today. Paid my, uh, my taxes. Uh, got interviewed this morning uh, through Zoom. I've told you, I mentioned even previously about this little project that I'm involved in. Uh, and so it was different. And the nice thing about it, I, I used my iPhone for the Zoom call. I was able to show the person interviewing me uh, my library and my books and my things, my artifacts, my memories stacked up on shelves and so on. So uh, that was kind of neat before we got going. And then questions she asked, and we it was kind of fun. It, you know, went in different directions, kind of artsy, kind of airy, kind of, you know, just, huh, what are we talking about here? Uh, paintings and art and colors and sounds and cities and places and friends and traditions and history and quirks. Uh, little things we do. I talked about my thing about pouring the cereal and knowing what number to push on the <laughs> on the microwave. And and I realized today, as I explained it to her, I had an insight that, oh, you know what this is really about? It's about power. It's about having control. So much of life we have no control over. But when you're pouring out the cereal and you say your, your brain or... You, I don't know what where it comes from, but there's the stop signal. Okay, now is the time to stop. It just the signal comes, stop, and you stop, and not a not a single grain of cereal more is going to go into that bowl. It just stops when you say stop, and uh, it's just kind of funny. So it's it's power, it's control, it's I, and it, it's arbitrary, and it's uh, it's kind of funny, too, on top of all that. But anyway, uh, so a, a rambling talk, which was just fun. And it's fun talking to somebody who's 
you know, almost 50 years younger than me, um, but an artist type of person, a creative. And so uh, I enjoyed that. And it inspired me, you know, as I talked about Marc Chagall and Raël Dufy, painters that I liked. She said, oh, send me some pictures. So I went around the bar after the call ended and, uh, of course, straight to the, I've got a, yesterday I talked about, or last time I talked about my poetry section of my library. Well, there's also an art section. And I knew, bam, there's two books by Chagall. Oh, and there's another one, A History of Art. Oh, that's going to have Dufy in it for sure. And so I was able to take pictures from the art books and, you know, crop them nicely and, and send them off to her, which was fun. I like doing that kind of stuff. Maybe there's control there because I love, um, what do you call it? Not editing a photo, uh, cropping. I love cropping to get it just right. And then pictures of my library, you know, okay, I'm going to hear it's a long shot of just the whole Kerouac section. The Beats, right? And okay, and now we'll do the Beatles, and and so that was fun. I, and in fact, I did that from here at Thompson Park, just center these pictures. So it's a feeling, oh, something else checked off the list. So uh, yeah, I know these are small things, you know, but they're the things when you're old and retired, you make up the rules. You know what counts as productivity, <laughs> and uh, uh, that was. So, um, gosh, that may be all I've got to share. I was thinking, do I record here or do I go back go back home? I'm listening to Terrence McKenna. I've mentioned uh, before in terms of podcasts, some of the ones I go back to, it's called the Psychedelic Salon. And uh, it just, you know, talk people talking about drugs and Terrence McKenna. And then realized, oh, yeah, I didn't know who Terrence McKenna was until... Brent told me about him on the very first uh, Gappage podcast. I think it might have been number 000. We did it in Union Station, Toronto. Sat side by side on a bench in Union Station in the Great Hall. And uh, Terrence McKenna came up. And then I guess for uh, a birthday a while back or sometime or other, uh, Brent kindly gave me a book uh, by or about or in reference to Terrence McKenna. So that's in my Road Trek library, too. So I've brought with me my book. I, I, again, all these things, you know, how they, they flow, and, and, I, and that's kind of a little bit of what the topic was about uh, on the conversation today, of the interconnectedness of things. And I've been pushing out for people, you know, to write in for the zine, you know, if you got, you know, there's still a little time. And somebody sent me a quote today. A uh, dear friend in Nova Scotia, and it was just, it was, it was nice to get. I'm going to read it to you. Oh dear. Um, oh, I've got bigger news than that. Hang on. Well, no, that's not a very nice thing to see. What do you mean, bigger news than that? Um, there was a, a quote. Come on. Would it have been in Gmail? Yes, it was. Here is the quote by um, Tim McGraw. I'm going to have to Google Tim McGraw because I forget. We all take different paths in life, but no matter where we go, we take a little of each other everywhere. And I kind of like that. And, and she gave me this one because it applied specifically to this 
Dixon Jane zine that we've been putting out all this time. Connect a way of connecting friends, keeping friends in touch, and introducing new friends. Uh, and that's um, that's kind of neat. I'm kind of happy about that. Now, I mentioned there was other news, and something else happened today. And it was an email from Australia, and it was my friend, the boy, who I also mentioned uh, in the conversation this morning. The boy said he had just dropped off in the mail a package, a registered mail, with a tracking number of 67 letters that I had written to him over the years. 67 letters are coming back to me, letters that I have not read since ever, since I sent them. I wrote them, mailed them, but haven't seen them in all that time. And he talked about our friendship, which goes back to uh, 1979, I think, when we first met. I thought it was a little earlier, but it was uh, out in the West Coast. A very a, a wonderful story, the, the strange pieces that held the held everything together so that it would come out. I mean, she was, uh, I won't go into the story now. I will save that for another time. But it's um, a friendship that has endured. Uh, I was able to visit Chris, of course, in um, Australia and Melbourne. Uh, my son stayed with him uh, when my son first went over there. And uh, Chris was thrilled because he didn't realize, oh, my God, my son took over the kitchen and cooked for people. So, uh Anyway, I'm excited about that. I'm going to have these letters coming, and it's just the little extra perk, perk, perk me up, uh, that's just going to push me to say, yeah, yeah, go ahead with this letter because uh, or this book. Because, again, it's sometimes during the night is when the doubts come. And I was over that. I was over the doubts. I felt really good about this whole thing, and... Uh, and I continue to by day. And so uh, now I've got something. I've got some more fuel to get me going. So I guess that's all I really want to share with you. I talked on at length uh, on the last time. I'm enjoying the Joni Mitchell CD. Uh, it just, um, it, it, when she sings the song, Carry Get Out Your Keys, it's just so absolutely wonderful that she's talking about the Mermaid Cafe. Yes! I drank in the Mermaid Cafe. There's one little place that is a connection to Joni Mitchell. I have three little connections to Joni. And one was seeing her house on the Sunshine Coast, which my cousin took me to, and we peeked in the windows, a little round stone house right on the water, where I'm pretty sure is where she posed nude for the inside cover of... What was that album? It's the one that folded open, and inside is Joni naked standing on the rocks with her lovely, nice young ass. <coughs> uh, the, what was the album? I don't know. But anyway, there was that connection, and then I know, standing in a line, I've mentioned this before, at an airport in, uh, I guess it was Narita Airport in uh, Tokyo, in Japan, 
and she breezed past in the first class line and I know we exchanged smiles. Like I was in a long line to get, you know, back to the ticket agent. First class people were buzzed through and it was her and she just sort of flew by. But I know there was an exchange of smiles. And then the third connection is they still, me not knowing whether I was there just months before or months after, she was in the caves in Matala and uh, came up with that beautiful song, you know. Let's go to the Mermaid Cafe and have some drinks tonight. And uh, that's what we did. You got high and you went to the Mermaid Cafe and you, you just lived on the beneath the Matala moon. You know, it begins, the winds are in from Africa, da, 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 da. and it just, it just, ooh, I feel this connection, this pull, this closeness. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to uh, park this for now. The wind is in from Africa, last night I couldn't sleep. Oh, you know it sure is hard to leave here, Carrie But it's really not my home My fingernails are filthy I've got beach tar on my feet And I miss my clean white linen And my fancy French cologne Oh, Carrie, get out your cage And these soldiers around for these friends of mine. Let's have another round for the bright red devil who keeps me in this tourist town. Come on, Carrie, get out your cake.
everyone. This is the last segment. Oh, it is Saturday afternoon. Sun's just coming out. It's a little gray skies, but that's fine. It's not raining, not snowing. And uh, what is it? April the, uh, hmm, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, somewhere around 17, 17. Yeah. So today was uh, Prince Philip's funeral, and um, I have to talk about that a little bit. I, of course, I watched it. Got up early, got up at seven, didn't come on till nine, but uh, there was a lot of, you know, pageantry and services and things before. Um, now, I'm going to talk about this, and I know I'm probably, of all my listeners to the Dixon Janes podcast, uh, I count roughly 50, maybe, on a good, on a good episode. Um, I'm one of the very few probably who would have watched this. Of course, my sister did. I did. And it is my heritage. My mother was born in England. My grandparents, who I was close to, were English through and through. You know, they, uh, uh, anyway, that's just part of who I am. And, uh, everybody else is allowed to celebrate who they are. There's no reason why we White Anglo-Saxon Protestants of British heritage can't, too. Um, and I guess on top of that, my parents were Anglican. I went to the Anglican church, um, which is probably one of the reasons I left church altogether. But uh, so a lot of the ceremony today in the churches and all the garb and the costumes and the regalia uh, was, yeah, I guess, in a way familiar but also something I'm I'm not terribly fond of. It's 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 show. Anyway, I'm just going to talk about it a little bit. Okay, that's all. Um, the first thing that struck me is, oh my God, I would not want to been a um, a coffin carrier. I know there's a, a better term for it than that, but of those soldiers, eight of them shouldering this uh, out of the um, out of uh, Windsor Castle into the uh, hearse which was a Land Rover that uh, Prince Philip, dis- uh, you know, designed himself. It was wonderful. It was real down to earth. It was neat. Uh, and then carrying it up the steps into the chapel. Oh, my God. And, and precise, you know, every foot falling at the same time and raising it up. And I, oh, my God. They, I just can't imagine the pressure of, what if you had a fainting spell? What if you got a fart? What if, you know... Anything that could go wrong that can't be with the whole world watching, well, part of it anyway. Cameras on every move uh, and on the brothers, too. And uh, we'll talk about, well, we won't even bother talking about that. I guess another connection I have, I mentioned the church uh, growing up to that and loving stained glass windows in the church. I mean, that's something I really, well, I I don't even, loving is the right word. I do now. I love to visit a church, particularly a Catholic church, and walk past all the the stories, you know, of of, of Christ and, and the images, the people, the, but the colors. Oh my God, they're fantastic! Uh, and I remember, in, in even in our church in Valleyfield, there'd be there was stained glass, and when you were bored with somebody droning on in the front and the choir singing and so on. Just to escape, look up and stare into the windows and look at the faces and who are these people? What mystical powers do they have? So that's always been a part of my life, too. Uh, And also toy soldiers. You know, these things that would probably fetch a lot on the uh, collector's uh, selling places now. But those Britain's soldiers, you know, the lead toy soldiers with the 
all British, of course, with the you know the um, various guard forms. I even went and I had to Google and look up British military unif- ceremonial uniforms to see oh which one? oh yeah they they was it the Coldstream Guards or I don't know if, I never knew it was cold or gold. Um, but things like that. I had those as toys as a kid. You know, thinking, oh, these are neat things. This is what you played with before moving into the plastic little rubber toys made in Japan. Um, so, yeah. And I realized, I mean, I this was, this was a bit of history. I don't know if I'll be alive when still when the queen dies and we have her funeral. Oh, my God. Um, you know I'm a big fan of her. Uh, just I just have nothing but respect for her. But the more I learned about Prince Philip, the more respect I had for him too. And and for those people who think, oh, well, it's just it's royalty; they're just spoiled; they just get money; they do nothing. No, that is not true. They work. They work. They work. Uh, yes, they have helpers. <laughs> yes, they have valets and drivers and everything else. Indeed. And they're cooks and chefs and people looking after all their ceremonial garb and so on. It employs a lot of people. They're not doing it as slaves, you know. They don't have harems and eunuchs and things. This is this is a new modern royalty. But uh, they serve. It was about service to your country. That was the example they set. Um, the Duke of Edinburgh uh, Awards, I when they interviewed people, young people, who had gone through this. And it was all about, it wasn't about being the smartest and the best IQ or anything like that. It was about bettering yourself, gaining confidence, gaining self-respect. Millions of people have participated, received these awards, and benefited from it. It was something you could put on your resume. And everyone who spoke up said, wow, this was just fantastic to have uh, to have had this. So they're now in countries all over the world, more than a million people involved, non-formal education and learning. So uh, that's a good thing that uh, he put out there, just to give people confidence and, and make something of their lives. And so many people who talked about it said, yeah, this, this had a huge impact and gave me something that I needed when I was young. So, all right, services I've seen, the marriage, of course, Diana, uh, also her funeral. I do remember the investiture of Prince Charles. And of course, I was there in Carnarvon Castle, like about a month after he was, became the Prince of Wales. Uh, and I remember um, all that ceremony. And uh, then I don't remember the coronation. My sister went to the school across the street and in the gymnasium, they had a television and the kids, I guess it was a Saturday, I don't know, went to see the actual coronation event. She remembers watching it on TV. And it would have been uh, 1953. But I remember a, uh, a coronation parade. My sister has only vague memories of it. But I know we put streamers on our bicycles. My mother would have been behind us, of course. Uh, and there was a decoration. And I think we just pedaled up and down the street. Uh, <laughs> and it's such a vague, fragmented memory that, you know, there's no reason I'd be making it up because there's nothing to gain from this. And I just remember these, these what is it, what's the word, banting for like colored streamers and paper that you'd put in bicycle wheels and decorations, you know. And I'm sure there was a wagon. I'm, I'm sure my sister had a crown and got towed in the wagon. I'm sure I was part of it. But uh, anyway, I, you know, we can leave that behind. doesn't really matter. Um, listening to Bill Maher today. 
I have some notes, and I'm just going through them now very quickly, and then we'll we'll stop with that, and I'll just ramble on. Uh, referred to the Queen as a hundred-year-old bag, and uh, you know, come on, Bill Maher, I'm I'm a fan of yours. I you know I like the way you call things. I don't agree with everything, but I like that you you got the balls to get out there and and call things out and and push test the limits, you know. But uh, there's really nothing funny about calling her a hundred-year-old bag and you know, implying they were all racists and uh, so on. Yeah, all right. All right, so enough. I, I don't need any more defense. Oh, I, and I guess, yeah, the thing I wanted to get across was for the people who are the uh, the people who downplay this. Oh, these are just spoiled rich people. This, you know, this whole, it's an anachronism, this whole royal family business. They do good. They do good public service. We're not talking about people who are going around torturing, beheading, slaughtering people, calling nations up to war. Those days are gone. This is a a ceremonial figurehead type of role that sets an example and and brings a people together, the the number of people in Britain who are sort of united behind the Queen. And yes, a lot of young people don't want it, want it to end. Okay, okay, okay. Not going to get into that kind of argument. Uh, But the idea that when I think he said with no response, Bill Mars with no responsibility. It's just the opposite. It's nothing but responsibility that these people are born into. Every one of them, always in the public eye, never really free to do whatever you wanted. Uh, which is why, what's his name, tried to get out of it. Um, the people in that category are the rock stars and sports heroes who get paid millions of dollars, have three or four homes or more, have servants they can hire and fire, are being looked after, catered to, yes men all around them, and have no goddamn responsibility and do whatever the fuck they want. Those are the people to target, you know, if if you're going to. But the royal family is not in that case. Okay, I I know some of you want to hang up on me right now, so we'll, we'll just park that. Let's get on. We've only got a few minutes left. Anything in particular uh, I haven't covered? I'm very anxiously awaited. I ordered a, a slide converter for like $39 or th- maybe it was $35. And I was, it would seem very dubious because the ads kept popping up, but under a different company name each time. But I've looked and they gave me a tracking number and it shows, oh, it's left China. It's on its way to Canada. So I don't know the quality, but uh, I do have a lot of slides i got to go through. And uh, even if it just helps me view them and sort them and decide which ones I want to have done. You, the, uh, the other alternative is you can take hold the uh, put the slide against a white light and take a picture with your camera and then zoom it and crop it and so on. But it's, it's okay. It's good enough for uh, online. But hopefully this will do a better job. We'll actually digitize the, the image. But I, that part... I don't know. They say they do. We'll see what happens. And then um, the letters coming from uh, Australia are uh, at the at the airport. They've been cleared for to leave the country. So I'm I'm kind of excited about that too. Um, and yeah, all the stuff that's. Uh, that's going on. Tomorrow's church service online and then a very big meeting after church, congregational meeting to actually vote on a very big issue that's important to West Hill United, and of which I have very strong opinions about and have expressed them a couple of times. 
um, to, uh, you know, on Zoom and uh, to people privately as well. And uh, I'm very curious to see how that goes, but I guess there's really no point in opening that up. You're not involved. You're not going to this church. It doesn't mean anything to you. Um, so maybe that's it. Uh, I guess maybe now, because of the people who are not playing music on their podcast, because of the new copyright laws in the States, you know who I'm talking about, um, it's made me maybe a little more uncomfortable, you know, but hey, I, I still maintain the same innocence. Hey, I'm just playing some music for friends, music that I've bought, you know, the Joni Mitchell was used, the used CD I bought, you know, at, uh, Deja vu, here, I'm playing it. Nobody's listening. Nobody's paying me. I'm not gaining anything from this. There's really no no excuse whatsoever to hold me as a, as a criminal doing something wrong. Like, hey, you, there's a time when you've got to push back against the laws a little. There's a time you've got to say, oh, fuck off. Like, I, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. This, you know, this is, don't even bother. My God, go after the people. Go after Napster, sure. Go after people who are making money taking music and selling it to others. Somehow they're benefiting from it. I'm not. I'm losing money. I'm buying music. I never. I, I stopped buying it 20 years ago, and then when I started podcasting, whoa, I'm really getting into music again. Well, I enjoy this. So there's my uh, justification. Of course, that's a hard thing to fight in a court of law, but you know, it's not going to come to that. It's, it's just that... It's just one more thing. Like, when, when did we, when are we, I feel this, this under the thumb, this, this pressure. Whoa, somebody somewhere signed papers, made an agreement, went through courts of law, and suddenly everybody's behavior changes. Fuck you. Push back. Fuck off. And I'm not, I'm not telling you, the people who used to do shows with music and are looking for ways of doing it. Well, you could buy this service for $10 a month and then you can get to hear it. Fuck you. And I'm not saying fuck you personally. It's not against you. I understand. You're doing the right thing from your perspective. I just don't want it contaminating me. That's all. All right. God, what an ugly note to end on. But uh, hey, people ask for feedback. There's my feedback. Scarborough Dude signing out. Jesus. We got to go. I haven't even put this out. Saturday, it's supposed to be released today. Bye-bye. Chicken, any last words? Oh my god, I didn't oh okay, calm down! Whoa, 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 whoa! Calm down, chicken. I didn't mean to get you so excited. Jesus. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I won't do it again. I will we'll be calmer. Next time we'll end on a happy note, okay?